Shera Oscar Echo. It's a history about a Scandinavian special operation unit and its people. It's fictional, so any assembly with real events, persons, and units are coincidentally. And it's all a product of the author's fantasy. It's a grey uh, Wednesday morning, typical Danish winter, raining and grey. I'm on my way to job, uh, and uh, when we were going to work um, in that unit I'm working in, we have to go through some locks. We have to wash ourselves because when we are going to work, we are going to change our identity. So uh, this morning I'm doing as always. I'm taking my round to wash off any, see if there's anyone that's following me. Uh, so I do uh, unpredictable way to to work, I'm not doing the same way. I have to to break any pattern. Uh, I have to to the way I travel to work, and so I'm taking the the, the cycle and cycle into to one of the big station in Copenhagen Central. Uh, it's uh, no port. It's called in the it's the busiest station in uh, Copenhagen. Then I'm going down take the not the metro, the S train uh, to another station, jump off and just go on the other side and take a train back uh, while I'm trying to, to look after people that's following me if I have any shadows. And that's a uh, it has to be unpredictable, but I, the, I have to do certain things and I can do them in a different uh, way. But there's a little pattern in it. I have to look, see if there's any, I have any tales, shadows from someone. Uh, and the reason we do that is uh, every time I'm working, I'm working with another identity. So I have to change identity. Uh, and after all the washing, getting... I'm ending up uh, in an apartment, a flat, where I, and then where I changed the, this flat is used to, as a, a lock. Uh, you have, you go in one way uh, and um, I changed all my clothes. We have a locker where we put off, take off. Uh, and I have done a habit where I going uh, to shower, so I take all my clothes off, go in and shower. That way, I'm sure I don't have anything from 
from my real identity with me into my work identity. So I put everything in the closet. I'm closing my phone and uh, just put it on so it's uh, redirecting all the calls in a way and we'll talk about that later but my phone private phone my private wallet everything is going into the locker and then and by the way on the way in the washing process uh, while i'm making sure i don't have any tail i make sure to to turn off the phone and put it in a a silver bag where there's no signal coming out from so i'm going off grid uh, to say before entering the the apartment where we changed so that done i'm taking my go over and have another closet where i have all my work uh, clothes i'm putting that on in, in another silver bag, I have my uh, my work phone. So take everything on, walk out, and those uh, the par flats or the par apartments uh, they change very often. So uh, we don't use the same. Uh, flat to to change in uh, in its work parallel um, so we're trying to break pattern and we are always working as, as we are in wartime every we have to make sure we not follow and so on so um, and I the unit is uh, as said in the intro it's um, unit uh, it's belonging to the military intelligence service it's a special operations unit but it's working in the gray area between war and and uh, intelligence work or, or military or intelligence work we don't have we're making we can make a preparing of battle space in, um, as it's called nowadays, uh, for special operation units, uh, the, the green special operation units. And our legacy is uh, Second World War, uh, where the resistance in Denmark was uh, organized by the, the British. Uh, the British SOE, and that's why we we kept the name as a internal name uh, in the unit. But there's no official name for the unit. Uh, we are after the the Second World War, everything was disbanded. Uh, but after uh, when the Cold War was beginning, there was huge. The need for uh, a state behind network and uh, occupation network uh, and then there was the military intelligence work uh, did some and there was done 
some units uh, totally outside the they were the military intelligence was knowing about them and was participating but it was done out of house uh, so to speak and and with a lot of uh, money given from from the UK and, and United States uh, the, the American military or CIA and the SIS uh, was the big found the uh, founder and uh, okay economically so so the true the cold war the unit was working with uh, making state behind units to to doing uh, resistance work organizing and training resistance if the cold war was getting hot uh, and Denmark was occupied attacked and occupied and they have the the uh, occupation uh, units uh, the, there was two units a stand behind stay behind unit there was uh, yeah actually go, <laughs> going to dig down and overruled when the the Vashera pack was passing through and then come up and start the first resistance and that was um, sabotage um, yeah and all that uh, like the SOE did on in Second World War uh, training and so on it's more direct action and then there was the occupation uh, unit there was do uh, doing escape routes uh, logistic uh, and intelligence gathering was their primary um, the state behind could do the same but it was not it was expected they didn't have so long uh, survival time as the occupation because of the more direct action uh, purpose so after the the cold war uh, the units were stamped down but in the the 90s and especially with the conflict on the balkans uh, the war in ex-Yugoslavia, there was a clear there was a need for something special in very uh, very bright intelligence officer was standing it up again uh, with some they have some founding from the left from the Cold War and they used the money to stand up the unit and. It was organized as uh, under the Cold War. There was uh, the standby part, was the the operational part, and then there was a logistic part where um, you have uh, stay behind, um, not uh, stay behind, but uh, lo logistic, all the the state part and the training part, the internal training. Uh, selection and selection course and operation uh, yeah training the the new unit members and then there was the the escape route part was uh, being more uh, a part of the unit that, that will be having a constant present out in the uh, 
in the whole world because the very the intelligence of so that was starting it up were thinking that the unit could should be out and be present out around the world where there was a possibility that uh, Denmark was going to send troops or just an early warning or could help other uh, uh, partners uh, intelligence services so if we're going to see more specific on on the the task of the the unit I was part of the to stay behind or the direct action or operational part of the the unit where we were trained as uh, yeah direct action special reconnaissance uh, our main task was to to operate in the gray area between war and peace um, and also work in in yeah in denied areas uh, and, and in support of uh, real intelligence agents we could be sent out to do surveillance in a non-permersive area we could be uh, do uh, counter surveillance to an intelligence officer who was meeting with source his source we could do uh, actually uh, uh, close protection of the very uh, low-key, low-wise uh, protection of an intelligence officer. We can be risk and uh, assessment, uh, reconnaissance for meeting places for intelligence officers and so on. Uh, and preparing the battle space for uh, other special operation units, uh, other units. So that's the main purpose. Uh, we could train uh, local uh, resistance or anything like that as well. Uh, secure foreign security uh, forces support, uh, something like that. So, and normally we was uh, operating with the uh, two squadrons uh, that was operating uh, east and west in Denmark. Uh, I was the, in the east, uh, that was located primarily in Sealand. Uh, and we, it was where each uh, squadron have two uh, platoons or tro troops. Each troop was uh, always on duty and another one was in another uh, cycle and there was a little bit of overlap and there was it was flexible but everybody in the unit um, has to have some kind of other work a civilian job civilian skills um, so uh, for my part I was working in healthcare and emergency services uh, have a civilian job in a in the, the fire brigade and emergency medical care uh, ambulance service uh, and a little bit 
as a nurse, nursing that was my civilian uh, skills and as a rule some of not it was flexible but normally we was saying that uh, we have three months with the uh, leave and working in civilian jobs three months with the uh, build up personal training skill training and uh, unit training and then we have seven months of uh, standby or operational months and then turn around again um and one troop was always in the the work uh, period and so and we was in this uh november to uh, wednesday we were starting up it was one of the first day in our uh, working cyclists um we are trained for uh, actually our training period has been uh, on uh, cohort uh, work in uh, civilian areas. Uh, we have a lot of surveillance training, counter surveillance, uh, and so on. So, and um, each troop was divided into some patrols. Uh, each patrol was four persons uh, my patrol was uh, consisting of uh, uh, two take everybody has two operational technicians uh, one with the uh, mechanics it's all uh, it's also electrical but all the from cars to lock picking breaching uh, everything like that uh, putting uh, electronic uh, surveillance devices into to places and so on was there and the other one was um, more uh, computer uh, internet uh, technicians with everything information technology uh, is the term was it was not that in the beginning but it was uh, turned that way so we have in our patrol, the the operation the mechanical technicians was uh, a guy, guy called I would call him Anas. Uh, we called him M Tech. Um, he was our M Tech and uh, our E Tech was uh, a girl called Maria uh, and then we have we um, are two operational um, tactical uh, we call them tag up it's uh, our special was uh, weapons handling uh, and ta small unit tactics and and physical surveillance in humans we were trained as uh, to handle sources as uh, uh, all other intelligence officers so uh, and physical surveillance counter surveillance as i said yes and uh, i was the one uh, the senior and uh, actually the patrol leader and then we have uh, jamila um, 
she was um, the other one. Um, and to getting inside the unit, there was no requirement of uh, pre-military experience. Uh, you got all that training. The, the, there was uh, in some phase. Uh, the training is going over nearly two years, and um, the, the first pass is uh, everybody is getting the the basic training. Well, the selection part, the big selection part, is uh, as well. And they are, uh, they get all the military trainings as well, all the infiltration uh, methods like uh, parachuting, diving, and so on. Yes. And uh, a quick overview of the other, the background of the other Maria was uh, she was uh, trained as a police officer and was it was also her uh, civilian job as well as a um, data engineer. Uh, she have a bachelor in uh, computer science and then um, and uh, a trained police officer. And there was Anas, uh, he was uh, an engineer as well, uh, but a mechanical engineer in his, I think he's been uh, he's some kind of uh, Weld or something I can't remember. Uh, worker background as well, and then no military ex experience before he was uh, coming into the units. And then we have uh, Jamila. She was uh, actually also a police officer uh, as background. And then was me. I had the um, military. I was coming from the. I was actually picked to the units from the. Uh, to the second uh, to go through the second uh, operator course in the unit, uh, I was picked under the selection to the Danish military uh, naval uh, special operation forces, uh, the Frogman call. So that that was the background in the unit. Um, and. We was, as I said earlier, we were just on the way on an ordinary, we haven't been tasked with anything. We have uh, just gone through the training cycles where the emphasis was on uh, surveillance, counter surveillance, cars, foot, yeah, everything. Um, normally there was the training that was put on or we were tasked with trained that way, was given by our troop commander because he was seeing there was uh, maybe uh, operation in that direction. So we haven't heard of any operation. Maybe there was not, but and especially in this, uh, we have had a lot of what we call green deployments, deployments to to war zones. Where our la whole last. Uh, operations cyclus was done in Afghanistan uh, so we have just been to to war and the, yeah the skills you're using there is a little different so we haven't done a lot in in let's say peacetime 
mission training. So it's good to refresh that. And have uh, you have just jumped in that in three months? So um, I said uh, I was working my way to to the lock uh, the apartment where we also we could we could sleep there. Um, the thing with the each time each working period we had uh, the unit had we have new offices uh, we had new uh, lock uh, apartments uh, uh, so the it was chasing every time the 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 only common thing was that it has to be has to have more than one exit uh, hopefully two or three uh, and so and we never access the apartment the same way uh, as we go out so and this one uh, this apartment i was after I changed, taking uh, whole new clothes, new work clothes, um, that was my wallet with my work identity and everything. Mm -hmm. um, my work phone, everything. Put that on, and then I walk. Walk. Uh, it's an old uh, apartment in the, the old part of Copenhagen, and um, I, after I changed, I on the kitchen stairs the, the, the second uh, stair stairway um, that was going um, instead of going down I was moving up to the upper floor where there's uh, drying brick uh, drying rooms you can hang up close uh, to dry then uh, over there down to another uh, stairway and then all the way down to the, the basement and then I took another exit out from the basement out in the backyard of this building uh, and then I was working back, back to to another port uh, and then I did the, the washing uh, again making sure our nose followed didn't have any tails and after a while uh, on the main station the central station in Copenhagen uh, I turned on my my work phone uh, and then I moved uh, to the 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 office we have uh, there and when I arrived to the office uh, it's just a rented office space uh, often we had the office space with some some storage uh, so we could have all our gear there or some cars and everything we we needed to work because sometimes we also supported the the police intelligence service the police security service uh, in their work uh, with surveillance uh, so we have 
uh, and we also supported the, the, the counter-terror uh, efforts in the country, and so we have some so, sort of readiness for that, but the surveillance cars, what the, the British call the cool cars and everything. But in, in opposite to the, the British and the, especially the Special Reconnaissance Regiment and the predecessor to that, the 14 the Intelligence Company, they, their cue cars was uh, modified and have a lot of inbuilt uh, gear and so on, radios and so on. Our cue cars were not that. We just took ordinary cue cars because we all our gear was to shift fast because we also operated in really non-permersive area we every part of our equipment we actually should could travel inside the the area with and and so on so we have some cute uh, really modified cue cars but normally we don't have everything in bags and so on instead of so yes and this day, uh, our office was in uh, in a yeah, in suburb to Copenhagen, uh, where there was a combined uh, works, uh, yeah, craftsman's uh, storage facility with a office that was rented. So, uh, and I arrived. Uh, the troop commander was. Uh, calling into a to a meeting so something was up there was a operational uh, moat when i was uh, arriving 